Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love him. I can't get enough of him. Let's hear that boss next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, Down goes Duffy O'Connor. Frank Mir does it again. Rock him, sock him, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bull**** artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. All right, Wednesday, February 22nd, the year is 2023, episode 391 of the Anakin Florian podcast presented by DraftKings. And we are very happy to be joined by this man who I believe is now back home after a big win in his UFC debut. Lightweight hopeful Nazim Sadikov, a few days removed from a win. And we appreciate your time today, sir. Congratulations. How are you doing? Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Still coming down from uh from all the adrenaline but i'm i'm doing good so where do you live exactly do you live in in new york yeah yeah in brooklyn in brooklyn i'm at my uh family's right now so so we moved from baku to brooklyn and baku is in azerbaijan when did you move to brooklyn i moved uh some time ago i moved when i was seven i moved when okay. i years old yeah we came here a long time ago went to school and everything in in brooklyn so i've been here for quite some time so i saw a video i think ufc fight pass did a feature on you getting ready for dana white's contender series where you went back to baku and it was like you and your dad in the streets is he still there or is he with you in the states no he he's, he's here uh we just visit back home we we okay. visit back we still have family there but it's like uh it, we're we're in the United States. We're based out of United States. Eating better has gotten a whole lot easier with Factors. Fantastic, ready-to-eat meals. These meals really are delicious. My daughters actually were fighting me for them just last week. 
These meals are chef crafted, never frozen and ready to go in just two minutes. The convenience and the taste value is absolutely undeniable. And depending on your preferences, you can choose from over 35 different options per week. That includes calorie smart, protein plus and keto as well. I happen to have gone with the keto option, but whatever it is, your lifestyle or diet, if you are looking for fast premium options with no cooking required factor is the perfect solution for you. And we've done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And how about this robust offer from Factor? Head to factormeals.com slash flow50 and use code flow50 to get 50% off. That's code flow50, F-L-O-50 at factormeals.com slash flow50 to get 50% off. Well, we can certainly tell by uh, your English that you've been here for some time. All right. A lot of things I want to get into with you, and we are going to be joined by Ray Longo here probably on the back end of our time with you, but eight straight wins after you beat Evan Elder via TKO. And a lot of people really feel like this win is going to age gracefully as well. A lot of people are still high on Evan Elder despite the loss. Um, But you made your sort of first impression on Dana White and the brass in the same building. So I'm curious how this debut experience at the Apex was juxtaposed against Dana White's contender series last year in terms of the nerves, the fight week and everything else. Yeah, you know, I actually wanted uh, my first fight to be a little more with this format just just to handle business. You know, I wanted my first fight just uh, to go just like that. I didn't I didn't prefer to travel uh, across the world for my debut. I wanted to be a slightly more in the comforts of, you know, in Vegas where Aljo and Marabar are all the time and right. and all that stuff. But with that being said, no matter how comfortable you try to make it for yourself, you always have it deep in the back of your mind that uh, those three letters, you're, you're fighting for the UFC. So maybe, I don't know if nerves would be the way to call it, but... Um, I consider on myself that that was slightly an off night for me just because I like to be more dominant, but let's give credit to my opponent because he was a, he was a very tough and smart fighter as well. So I can't really say because I wasn't dominant, it was an off night. Maybe it was just him. So I uh, hats off to him. I'm just happy to put on a great show in, uh, for the biggest promotion in the world, the best organization in the world. It's been a lifelong dream of mine, and you you will see more. I guarantee you that. Well, anyone who's listened to the Anakin Florian podcast over the years has heard Ray Longo talking about Nas before you got to the UFC, shouting you out before your regional fight. So none of our audience is surprised to see you eventually get to the big show and excel once you're there. Before we get into the fight itself, in terms of your timeline to get to the UFC, I guess if I speculate, it seems like maybe Ray Longo thought you would have gotten here a little bit sooner, but it seems like you're getting here at a pretty opportune time. Um, How do you feel about your timeline and the timeline upon which you actually got to the big show relative to your expectations? God has a plan for everybody. You know, I don't have any regrets or any question about when why i got to where i got to when it's all it all happened for a reason the way that it happened and while i'm here i'm gonna make the absolute best of this time and give give fans absolutely 100 percent of myself so that's all that matters really I, it could have been later it could have been earlier my direction yeah. is always moving forward in fifth gear 
So a lot of people on social media were able to see Evan's reaction when he found out that he got the fight of the night bonus. I have to ask, when Jim Miller and Alexander Hernandez are fighting shortly after you guys fight, are you watching that fight? Are you wondering if the bonus is slipping through your fingers? Like, what is your thought process? Or are you even thinking about that? Or are you just so happy with the win and the debut? Yeah, I was just happy with the win and the debut. And I was doing media. I saw parts of the fight on the TV screens throughout the building. I didn't really see the fight. Um, I did talk to my manager, Danny Ruby. I did tell him, like, I think I think we got fighted tonight. I don't think anybody's topping that. And then he was like, I don't know. We have to see. Uh, Hernandez and Miller were all, was also crazy. So, yeah, it was just... I was just going to go ahead and enjoy the win anyway. But the, the, let me tell you, the bonus made things 1,000 times sweeter. Yeah, I bet. All right, so let's get into it a little bit. The UFC debut against Evan Elder. Outstanding fight. And I really am excited to watch both of your respective careers here moving forward. But it's a doctor stoppage due to a knee strike that you landed. Now, at the post-fight press conference, you thought that you were being asked about a cut on yourself, right? And that was caused by a clash of heads. So let us all be clear. This is a TKO win because obviously this cut was caused by a knee strike. So now you've had about 100 hours to sort of ingest this result. What were your thoughts on sort of the knee strike that caused the cut and your performance as a whole? Yeah, uh, the third round, uh, we come out and I know that I have to do I have to secure the round. I did not think I was down two rounds. I thought I, I thought the second round uh, was in my favor. The fact that all three judges, uh, I found out that all three judges had it in Evan Elder's favor to zip going into the third. I was very surprised. But nonetheless, uh, whether I won the second round or not, uh, the point, the, my, my goal was to get a finish. Getting off that stool into the third round, my goal was to get a finish. So everything I was throwing had fight-ending intention. So that knee that I landed, it happened to give him a fight-ending cut. Uh, as soon as yep. I saw it, you can see, and uh, you guys can watch back the fight. I began. I continued working on it. I believe I landed another left, and then I landed a left head kick right into that cut. So uh, my. I, I recognized the cut. I knew it was bad. I even heard the ref. The ref uh, tells commit. He looks over to the commission. He goes, "Cut deep." Those two words. So I knew, I knew that that fight, that cut was dangerous. I didn't know if it was going to be stopped or not. Yeah. But as soon as the ref stops the the action, I knew that they were going to take a look at the cut, whether they were going to stop it or not. I wasn't hope. I wasn't relying on the fact that they were going to stop it. I was going to keep going, keep pushing, uh, but they stopped it. So I took, I, I take my win as it is, uh, TKO via fight ending cut. The, the guy's artery was sticking out. You guys saw the photos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no accident. There was no headbutt. It was an intentional knee that I was looking to send his, send his head into the, into the lights on the ceiling. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah you were. I just made a mistake with the headbutt. I have a, I have a cut that uh, he gave me as I got a couple of stitches. Via head. Go. A little souvenir. Yeah, that was unintentional on his end, but yeah, that that's the headbutt I was talking about. Right. UFC lightweight Nazim Sadikov joining us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. So I meant to look up the scorecards actually before I sat down with you today. So you're telling me that you were down 2 0 on all three judges' scorecards going into that third and final round. Yes. Yes. That's what they told me at the post fight pressure. The fight was close, but that surprises me to be sure. Are you a proponent of open scoring? 
I actually, to be honest with you, John, I, I don't know what that is. Like, are we going to see the cards? Uh, are we going to see the results on, on the screen or something like yeah, that? Yeah. So here's my issue with it, right? So, yes. So basically, you and your coaches and all the fans would get to see the scorecards after each round, right? Now, the issue, I think, for me is that it effectively changes the sport. And in a three-round fight, if a fighter is up to nil, then Evan Elder in this situation can get on his bicycle in theory and try to avoid you for five minutes and still win the fight, right? Go ahead. Talk to me. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was going to let you finish. If you want to uh, finish, go ahead, John. I, I didn't mean no, to. No, please. By all means, yeah, yeah. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't agree with that because that that is a po- not only is that a possibility that people are going to start getting on their bikes and stuff, but it's going to be a probability. Like people will start turning this into like a points fighting sport. And this sport is, is it's a savage sport. We get cuts, we, there's knockouts, there's broken limbs and everything. You have to fight to the finish. You have to go forward. You have to try to get your, your win. Uh, this would not be the first time where I lost maybe a round and then ended up getting a finish in the third. Like I said, this yeah. is my, Fourth out of nine pro fights, this was my fourth. So eight wins and four of those are third round finishes. So half of my wins are third round finishes. If Yeah, I believe that's accurate. Anyways, uh, pushing to the end, man. If you have the open scoring, then there's going to be takedowns and lame praise in the, after, after a, a solid two rounds. Like me and Evan didn't yeah. know what was happening. I'm sure his corner maybe told him like, yo, you you won the first, second was close, or you won the second, whatever. So he had to fight in the third and we were going to fight in the yeah. third. If you tell me it's two zip, you're winning, just just move, get for the, go for the takedown, control him on the cage, then then as a, as a fighter, you're going to go out there and do that. So the excitement aspect of the sport, I think the open scoring would like diminish it a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I also feel like it's a little bit of a mind fuck right now. I'm not sitting here suggesting that you dominated rounds one and two, but you certainly thought of those six scorecards that were submitted, right? That you won either round one or round two. So it can be a little bit of a mind fuck for the athlete. I also feel like if you're Leon Edwards back in August in Salt Lake City, Utah against Kamar Usman, and you look up and you know you're going to lose the fight. Then the crowd is getting on you like, man, he knows he's down. He's still not doing anything. And then the commentators are getting on you even more. I just think it puts undue pressure on the athlete. I can understand proponents of open scoring, but I think it it causes more issues than it solves. Um, but that's neither here nor there. And we talk about guys like Marlon Cheeto Vera and Billy Corantello and Nazim Sadikov getting guys out of there in that third and final round. Huge feather in your cap. And I think it's something that you're going to be able to lean on going forward, just being able to outlast guys. Now, it looked to be a tough fight physically. So when we had Matt Frivola, your longtime friend and training partner on, he doesn't seem to be physically the type of guy that can take short notice opportunities at 56, right? Even if they're high profile. I know you're laughing. So you're a pretty big, you know, muscled guy yourself. I guess I'm just curious, like, what is your timeline for getting back in there? And what is your ability to take a fight on short notice, especially one that's higher profile than maybe one that you might get in a natural matchmaking progression? I uh, I always like thought that I'm going to be a fighter that takes uh, short notice, no matter what. But I think the best, if you want the best out of me, give me the give me the date, give me the camp. I'm that type yep. of fighter. I I strive for that like that that excellence like that perfect like uh, uh how should i put it i just 
the the that type of fighter that is like any any week any day like that will take the sport aspect out of it for me like i am already a guy that comes forward and i'm ready to take damage and this and that but that does need preparation to be able to endure my, my type of style it needs preparation to be able to endure with that being said I don't see myself never taking uh, a show notice fight. I, I do see myself taking some sort of big opportunity, saving a card, uh, entertaining fans on the short notice of what they thought was going to be, you know, a fight, a fight lost, but saving a card, saving a fight or something. So I definitely see myself doing that uh, in the future. I just don't know how soon. I, I don't know if that would be the next move. I do want to yeah. settle and get going, get prepared for my next fight really well so I can show an even better display. Then, yeah, uh, no, it's a great answer. It's a great answer. Nazim Sadikov with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast, and it gives us great pleasure to now bring in your chief corner and longtime coach, Ray Longo. <laughs> yeah. Finally got Nas in the UFC and 50K. about it, huh? You got to be pretty proud, Raymond. What a, what a performance, no? Amazing. And I love the way he's... Uh, he's, and he speaks really well. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning, you know what I mean? But he speaks well. I love the way he answered the last question. I think it's accurate for who he is. He likes his preparation the way he likes it to go. But uh, I think the longer he fights and he stays in shape, he'll, he'll be ready for those short-notice fights. He could definitely do it talent-wise. But, you know, I think, like he says, he likes to go forward, and that does take a certain type of preparation. So uh, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Come on. Congrats to you as well, Ray. Who would have – who would have thought it? Who would have thought this? <laughs> we worked for it. Like you said in 2013, th th this guy's next up on the wall. <laughs> I tell you, that, that wall's a big motivator, John, I got to say. Well, the and wall. no non-UFC fighter got more yeah. mentions on this show pre-UFC than Nazim Sadikov. So obviously he's here now. I have a couple more wow. questions for you, and I'm glad that Ray is here for them, and then we'll yeah. get you out of here. So you referenced these puke drills. What are these puke drills? Raymond, Raymond making you guys work hard and, and throwing up in training? What's going on? Oh. Uh. Ray, you want to tell them the the backstory of uh, puke drills? Why was it puke drills? I wonder. They were puking, right? I pro I, I probably stole the name from somebody, but uh, you know, it's really. Um, let's just say the hostess. I'm oh, sorry about that. I was reading something. Um, you know, it's really just a combination of the hitting and the wrestling, and it really depends on the mix of guys you put into the drill. That really, if you got two fresh wrestlers, it's like a shock tank with. Uh, shark tank with the hitting also so you could adjust the volume and the intensity by who's holding and who you have in there to, to wrestle against and it's 30 second goes back and forth sometime minute goes we'd switch it up depending on what the guy needs in the camp and again if you get two really good wrestlers in there you, you gotta you're, you're gonna work uh i'll tell you one funny story about the puke drill is uh i used aljo one time for Marab. Marab was doing the puke drill and Aljo's the guy that got tired. <laughs> I go, yeah. this is the first time a guy helping out has got yeah, tired. He, he broke it. He broke everybody down. Now, now does that make sense to you, right? Yeah, know Marab. Yeah. yeah, just flowing with Marab, just like a light spar is a puke drill in and in itself. I bet. <laughs> you saw Kevin James did a, uh, I guess, an interview with Weidman where you know, they, we used to run, uh, Chris used to run, I guess, like uh, an MMA class, but Kevin would jump in. But he said that for Rob didn't know he wasn't a fighter. He just, uh, he just, just started, started attacking him. him. 
So, Nazim, your gym wars with Matt Frivola are pretty legendary, but I'm curious how you navigate this changing landscape with Aljamain Sterling and May Rob Dwalishwili splitting time between Vegas and the East Coast. And how do you navigate all of that? I know you have spent some time in Las Vegas, but how have you sort of handled that dynamic as you got ready for your debut? Uh, you mean the switches is going back and forth to Vegas? Yeah, I'm curious how, and I know for Ray, it's been a navigation that he's had to sort of adjust at times. How are you dealing with that? Uh, it's, uh, I think like uh, Aljo and Marab kind of have like a, a little blueprint going for for the, yes. this perfect balance of Vegas and New York. Like we, we do our camps in New York and then like for me, for example, I just go there for a few weeks at a time. Maybe this next camp I'll be able to stay there for longer. And then for, for my, for my, for the final phase of camp, which we call six to eight weeks, uh, you know, I'll be back in New York. So it's like a good balance. It's a good mix up. The, the time difference doesn't really uh, mess with me. It's only better when, you, when you're when you on East Coast time and then you go over to Vegas and then you have like three extra hours in the day. You know, it'll be like right. 3 a.m. in the East Coast, but it's only 12 in Vegas. So you're only going to bed at 12 in Vegas, but you got so much more done, if that makes sense. Yeah, so oh, of course. About- as long as you as long as everything is like if you communicate everything as long as you're you're doing everything the right way and not just you know not just doing your own thing being your own captain as long as you as you listen to chief commander everything is going to be good all right before i let you go perhaps the timeline for you is going to be june right do you just entrust in danny rube to get you a fight are you someone who is actively going to try to handpick a name or two who do you think will be next, and are you willing to try to name out there before we let you fly? I will definitely, I will definitely uh, put. You know, I'll definitely be looking for something. If I see an opportunity, I'll definitely call for it. You'll definitely hear me on social media. But at the moment, I just want to recover and get back to training and get better. Like take take you know like a good two months without uh having to without the 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 training camp of pressure and then just get better sharpen up and then do a six to eight week camp and be ready to go so i'm thinking like like you gave a great timeline i think may june would be perfect if i if i get a date on may june that'd be perfect for me well i hope they call my number and i get a chance to call your fight one of these days nazim sadikov congrats on a big win in the debut buddy we'll be tracking your progress for sure and uh we look forward to the encore. Appreciate a few minutes today, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Great. And congrats again, uh, Nazmi. Real quick, did he clear up the headbutt thing? Because I've been seeing a lot of that on. Yes, yeah, we cleared it up, and we're going to make sure to repurpose some of the video today. Yes, he cleared yeah, that up, yeah, though. Yeah. If you uh, if you do follow Naz, you can find him on Instagram. He cleared all that up. Perfect. Today. All right. Thank you, guys. Nazmi, man. Thank I'll, you, I'll brother. Give you, dude, I'll give you a buzz later, buddy. Good. Take care. Good. Hopefully he doesn't screen that phone call later when Ray Longo calls. One of the few phone calls I never screen. Ray Longo never gets screened. (laughs) Cody Merrow never gets screened. Zach Candido never gets screened. Very short list of guys who never get screened. Congratulations, man. Did you know he was down 2-0 on all three judges' scorecards? No, definitely. Yeah, no, I thought, well, look, look, first off, a couple of things. What a great fight. Two tough guys. Big fan of Evan Elder now. I'm I'm happy that they got the bonus because I would have hated to see either one of those guys go home with whatever money they made just to show up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really happy they 
they both, I mean, what a back and forth battle, man. But I, I think I told them in between rounds, I go, I, 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 I have it one, one, but I really don't know. Like it was that close. I couldn't say it was one, one. I said, I think you're up one, one. And those fights get emotional for me now. I'm, I'm not really, uh, you know, I, it wasn't going the exact way I thought it was going. Although, uh, when I re-looked at it, I thought, you know, there was a lot of good things. There's a lot of things uh, he could tighten up, but he's super talented. Yeah. That other kid, I Evan Elder, man, I, he, man, I, he just brought it in a different way. I looked at, I really underestimated it. I guess I looked at the last fight when he he fought up at seventy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never do that again because that kid, that kid was on his way to to winning with the judges' scorecards. But no, I didn't see it like that. But it is what it is. I I don't think I could. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You know, at the at the present moment, it was it was it was close, man. I mean, I didn't like the knockdown in the first. You know that that even though I it really was like a flash. He's up. He's still calling the guy in. You know, I know the way the optics look. Sure. And he he got taken down, got held against the cage for a little yep. bit. He he took that guy down, but couldn't really hold him down. Couldn't control him. I I I, I don't know. You know, it was it was just too too close. I mean, I did tell him he had to finish the fight at the end of the second round. That's the only way to, to do it. Right. And he certainly did that and took matters into his own hands. Now, he did say with me a few minutes before you came on that he threw everything with fight-ending intentions, and that seemingly is his style. Now, you have plenty of fighters who don't throw everything with fight-ending intentions. So I wonder where you fall on that and how sustainable that is. You know, I mean, to me, he looks like he's really long on potential and can absolutely – you know, eventually be a top 15 fighter, if not legitimate title contender. Um, yeah. But, you know, it seems like his style uh, is a little bit throw caution to the wind at times. Uh, You know, I, I put him more, I, I'll tell you where he's going to end up. I, he's going to end up like a box of punch. I mean, uh, yeah, like a box of punch. He's, he's pretty slick. You could see at times he showed really nice angles and, uh, you know, he's light on his feet. He gets in and out quick. So I think the jit is maybe you know, got him a little bit, but, uh, you know, if you look at some of his techniques, they were, they were beautiful. He just, he wasn't oh, yeah. countering as quick as he could have. So I think you're going to see, you'll, you'll definitely, yeah, he's not a brawler. He can be a brawler, but he's not a brawler. Yeah. You know, like I think Frivol is more of a, he's going to throw caution to the wind. Right. If he gets back in the, you know, he's throwing, right. there's no, right. you couldn't take that out of him. I'm trying, you know, and I think ah. we've, we've gotten, gotten him a little better, but, uh, you know, uh, he he's more of a guy throwing caution to the wind. Nas is calculated. You know, like that's that's why I was trying to say in this fight. And I, when I talked to him after the fight, I said, "Look, I don't want to. You know, like I'm just want to be like uh, I just want to get you better." He's like, "Look, I raise a high bar for myself. There's nothing you could say that is going to mean you know, like is going to make me feel bad." So he's. I, I love his attitude now, man. He speaks well. Oh yeah. I think I think he gets it. Uh, he is a tough critic on himself, uh, and as long as he gets the right work, I mean, you, you're going to see him. He's going to get better and better because he's got. 
I, he's got way better head movement than he showed. He's got way better defensive skills than he showed. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. So, you know, he could have landed, I think, some of those shots he gotten out of the way without getting hit. And I think that's where I'm coming from, you know. And I, I'm going to – I already looked at the fight like five times. There's a bunch of things that he could do just to tighten up because he's super, super talented. Yeah. So, uh and that other kid is, man, like, again, I'm a big fan of his, too. These guys are both good. Shout out to Henry Hoof, one of my favorite guys. So, all good. So, when we had great, Matt Cravola on the program, yeah. his dad, Sal, was quick to let us know that on Tapology, Matt was number 29 in the world. And I guess this is neither here nor there, but Nazim Sadikov, number 81 right now in terms of the lightweights. The list, obviously, is a little bit all over the place. It crosses promotions. Alexander Volkanovsky right now is the number 65 ranked lightweight in the world. But I did think it was interesting to see where Nas falls there. You know, think he could get a Jim Miller, Clay Guida type next, potentially get a big name, you know, on a different stage of their career. But uh yeah, well, we're, we're happy for you, man. I mean, when you talk about the wall, the famous wall at Longo Weidman MMA there in Garden City, New York, that boasts the likes of Chris Weidman and Matt Sarah and Aljamain Sterling, like when you say to Nas, like, you're going to be next, like you don't just trot that out there to everybody who walks in the gym. I mean, that's pretty lofty praise. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds to me like you feel like this kid's ceiling is pretty damn high. Yeah, definitely. Not. You got to remember, too, the wall, like – I think what people still don't get, man, is we're just a small gym. We're like 5,500 square feet. People got 20,000, 30,000 square foot gyms. It's just, that's what makes the wall special to me. You know what I mean? It's it's not, I, I tell you, if you, you, we have, I probably have half the number of students you think I have in that gym. You know what I mean? So it's, it, that's, again, people look at like big deal. It is a big deal for all of these guys, man. Even like, uh, you know, all the, the Long Island guys, Aljo, Weidman, uh, you know, Matt. I mean, they all live, you know, right next to each other. This is, it, it, to me, it's crazy. Right? But I, it could be, you know, I'm, I'm 100% biased, like everybody accuses me of being. So, but, you know, it's a, it's a big deal to get on that wall. And it was started with, you know, the Luke Cuomo's, the Drago's. You know, you got some some history there. And then you got Frivola, Marab. You know, uh, it's just it, it's it's great, man. It's a it's a great incentive. And right now you got people in Bellator and some of the local kickboxing champs. They want their own wall. Oh, I <laughs> bet they nice. do. So, yeah. So we have to we, 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 I think we got to do something, you know, but that wall is held up so special to get in the UFC that I think it's a that's a it's a big thing. It means a lot. We, we have a lot of fun with that, you know, and again, even with Aljo, man, I didn't put his picture up on that you know with Weidman and uh Matt until he he had that first title defense and I and I love the guy I literally love the guy he's a fucking great guy but I I just wanted him to earn it the right way and I think he got respect back from everybody I think I love the way he handled that situation so there's a lot of history with the wall and we have a lot of fun you know we leave open spaces who's going to be the next guy and i, I think it gives them incentive you know bazooka's been dying to get up there now he's yeah <laughs> he's probably the next guy so we have it, it, it becomes it's fun it's motivating and to us in the gym it means a lot and i can say objectively as an unbiased party dennis bazooka is just criminally underappreciated and i look forward to uh yeah. to seeing him get his flowers i want to talk about aaron, yeah. aaron blanchfield a little bit if i could and then Ooh. i can circle to uh to may rob and obviously the big announcement for aljamain sterling yeah. and henry cejudo may 6th at a location to be determined 
All right, so Valentina Shevchenko is defending her belt against Alexa Grasso here in less than two weeks on March 4th. And Aaron Blanchfield did everything in her power to steal a lot of that thunder. And we talked about this earlier this week on our first episode of the Anakin Florian podcast. We'll talk about it again as we get ready for UFC 285 next week. But your thoughts on Aaron Blanchfield? Obviously, she trains in New Jersey. You have followed her career. And uh, man, is she all the rage here a few days after a big win in the main event. Totally blown away by her performance. Uh, again, I think her mindset is her best attribute at this point. Uh, man, cold hearted, I think is a great name. She, she, cold blood, really, really cold blooded. Yeah, cold, cold hearted works too. I don't know that she's. Yeah, yeah, cold but, I, but just the the confidence and the uh, and you know she's got the chops to back it up now. I mean, she stood in the pocket with with um, Andrade and she got what she wanted eventually. So I think. I mean, I'm intrigued. I mean, I love it. She really kind of, in a, in a, not totally, but she reminds me kind of like Weidman. They're coming up and they get those certain fights where you could go right or left and they always go the right way. You know what I mean? This was a big fight. She took that on last minute to have Andrade oh, thrown yeah. at you. To let, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. So I think I just, she's just unfazed by everything and I love her attitude and and she has been in the gym a couple of times. She used to come in, spar Mizuki, very quiet. I don't even know if I've said said a word to her during the sparring. Her coach, another guy, very humble guy. Uh, they come from a small camp, which I love. Uh, they got you know that camaraderie, the camaraderie of, of smallness, which I think people totally underestimate. Yeah, uh, they, everybody thinks bigger is better, but. Uh, I I I got to tell you, I didn't even see it coming when she used to spar Mizuki and whoever else she sparred in the gym. But wow, I'm so happy for that that kid because she seems like a really nice young lady. She's always uh, personable and like again, I think she handles herself perfect uh, on the mic, and it's 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 all you know confidence for the right reason. So I, I'd love to see that fight. And I think your Chris Weidman comparison is an appropriate one, not even in terms of the ability, right? Just in terms of the ability to apply knowledge, to get that yeah. knowledge from elite parties and immediately or pretty quickly thereafter uh, incorporate it into your game. All yeah. right, go ahead. And John, and to be able to dictate where that fight's going too. And when they oh, get yeah. it there, you know, remember Weidman was just hammer people. He had a couple of good knockouts too. The Munoz knockout, I think, put him on the map, which was – Beautiful, that elbow, you know, just a great, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was a, a, a really good moment against a guy that was making waves. Right. So uh, kind of similar. I don't know. I feel for some reason that's what I felt. I watched that fight live that night, and I go, wow, this kid is this kid's special. I mean, plus she's so young. She could she could trip and fall a couple of times. It's not going to matter all right. if she keeps growing. Yeah, so I think that's why she's more dangerous than anything. Yeah. She could take risks, and she deserves to have those those opportunities now. And, you know, all she has to do is, if she doesn't win, use them as learning experiences. She's only going to be better, yeah. and she's got plenty of time. All right, so there's a hamster on the side of the octagon, and you have a chance with a correct answer to save this hamster's life, okay? Valentina Shevchenko's in the octagon. <laughs> there's a fucking hamster sitting next to me and Joe Rogan, okay? You got to send one woman in there to beat Valentina Shevchenko to save the hamster's life, okay? And I'm going to give you choices, okay? Yeah. You can send Zhang Wei Li in there, even though she's down a division, okay? 
You could send Alexa Grosso in there. We're going to see that in a couple weeks. You could send Tyla Santos in there. She fought her to a split decision last June. You could send Manol Fior in there, seemingly the next contender. Or you could send Aaron Blanchfield in there. Now, perhaps there's a recency bias, but the overwhelming majority of our listeners and viewers, when given the opportunity to save a hamster's life, they're sending Aaron Blanchfield in there. And I do think, by and large, people are sleeping on Alexa Grosso. But I do think it's not crazy that much of the fan base believes right now that the flyweight on the roster best equipped to beat to beat Valentina is in fact Aaron Blanchfield. Who are you going with? Oh, I'm a hundred percent going with Aaron Blanchfield. Hundred percent. All right. Again, she she has the ability to dictate where that fight's going. I you know that's so far. So who wouldn't want to see the uh, the grappling exchanges? We've seen Valentina struggle a little bit. You know, even Valentina's first off is an assassin. This isn't a knock on her, but I'd love to see Blanche. I just like her attitude, John. Like, you know, she believes it. She wasn't even oh. Andrade. After what she did to Laura Murphy, could have been intimidating. There was just none of that. Like, I, I like that's why, again, like, even that's why I said the thing with Weidman, he was unfazed by everything. We'd look at a fight and he'd go, Oh, I could beat that guy. That was it. We weren't even game plan. Like I go, really? I mean, we just, you know, what are you seeing? This, this he was that confident coming up, right? And that's what I see in her. And I think I'd love to see her get that opportunity. Uh, and that that's it, man. Yeah, I, I take her out of out of anybody now. I think she's got the momentum. She's on a roll. Uh, I love Alexa Grasso. It's a great fighter too. I'm excited for that fight. But Grasso came up from 15, right? Yes. Yeah, I think I, I see. I think Blanchfield. I think Aaron puts her on her back pretty quickly. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. March 11th is fastly approaching. Piotr Jan and Mayrob Dwalish Willie, the men on the marquee in Las Vegas. So I'd imagine Mayrob is in Las Vegas for the duration at this point, about 17 days yeah. out or so. No, he was there for the whole camp. You know, in uh, response to your question to Nas. You know, I got to, I have to tell Alger, you got to, oh, no, I think his buddy. You have to stop poaching the guys to go out there. I mean, it looks like, I mean, look, yeah. I'm getting older, but everybody's going to end up out there, I think. I don't know what the hell's going well, on. Well, there are a few it's things so, at play, it, right? I yeah. mean, the time zone, the weather, the UFCPI. Just start with those three things. Yeah, right. So it's very intoxicating for these guys. Um for the reasons you just said, I, I think if they got enough guys out there, Aljo could like run everything probably out of the PI because they have access to it. I think that would be their best bet. But uh, it's it, these are young guys that you know you you can't hold them back. It's look, I, I said this a hundred times. It has nothing to do with like I'm always going to be happy for the guys. I'm I'm not I'm not happy about it, but I have to be happy for them. It's like when my kids move out, my yeah, daughter right. moved out. Like I'm happy for her, but. You miss having your kids around, no? I mean, so I can't relate to missing it, having my kids around uh, no, it, right now. It, it'll, it'll, it'll get there eventually. Yeah. But I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm sitting <laughs> but, here uh, praying that the oldest one doesn't go to Florida Atlantic University right down the street and live at home. You, know, you got to get out of here, Riley. Got to get. <laughs> we'll get her at. We'll get her at NYU. Don't worry yeah. about it. All right, a couple but, other uh, things. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like that, John. That, that's yeah. I mean, it's more. You just miss everybody. It's good having those guys around the gym. I miss Aljo and Marab. I'm sure. All right, another thing going down on March 11th, and speaking of guys that you miss seeing in the gym, Chris Weidman in a grappling contest with Owen Livesey live on UFC Fight Pass. To what degree is that on your radar, Raymond? Oh, 100% on the radar. So you're going to watch that maybe well, before Mayrob or course. after, whenever? Yeah. yeah, yeah, whenever we get a chance, 100%. 
you know. All right. hundred percent. No, go, go ahead. ahead, please, yeah, by all means. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's, all right. It. Next item. <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, you got a whole list here. You're very, uh, you're a little curt today, no? A little curt today. If you really want to know, bro, if you really want to uh, know, I think oh, I have man. pink eye in both of my eyes right now. I can't see Well, that, no, I popped but... my lenses in right before the show, but it's been absolutely brutal. My eyes have been bleeding. So, got a couple no, of kids get... home sick, and as soon as we're done, oh, I'm actually man. going straight to the doctor to see if we can get these eyes right, because I got a pay-per-view cannonball coming. Um, But next on my list, yes, is Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo, May 6th, live Oof. on pay-per-view. We just don't have a location. What can you tell us? What do you, what, no, what I do don't you want you to reveal you? the location, even if you're hearing rumors. I just want uh, want yeah. to hear your thoughts on the date, the opponent, and everything else. Love it. Love everything about it. I even love the location I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I think we're hearing the same location. I tell you who doesn't love it. Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> oh, really? I'm like, buddy, we got you back in the gym. <laughs> oh, guys, oh, love, oh, yeah, that's I love right. it. Oh, no, we I called him yesterday with uh with Pumi Nakuda. We 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 were just busting his balls. We're so happy. I got you back. You're not going anywhere. That's right. That's yeah. So some rumblings uh, as to that's the look. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's, that's what funny. I'm down to, John. I'm down to tricking tricking my guys back in the gym. Yeah, it I'm doesn't a, sound I'm, like May sixth is going to be Las Vegas, but we'll see. <laughs> Who knows though? Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I hope I hope whatever I'm hearing comes true. But uh, he, he's a hundred percent not happy about it. <laughs> Competitive fight. A lot of people like the matchup for Henry compared to say the way Aljamain Sterling might match up to Sean O'Malley or Marlon Cheeto Vera. I'm seeing Aljo in some spots minus one twenty as a slight betting favorite. Most places don't have a betting line out just yet. I haven't seen one. On DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, but what are your thoughts on the matchup? Uh, I like the match. Look, Henry, uh, uh, is there a better competitor than him? I don't know. So uh, I like the uh, the height differential and the length differential. I think that'll play a big part in the fight. Uh, it's a good fight. It's going to be a great fight. You know, I don't know. Uh, I like it. Unless you have any specific no, questions. No, I mean, right I think now. it's obviously a great opportunity to build his legacy. I think yeah. when we were polling people about who they would get more excited about, Henry Cejudo or Sean O'Malley, I feel like the public was pretty split, you know? Uh, okay. But there are, you know, the I just, I think it's interesting for Cejudo. Obviously, he has the resume to come back and essentially cut the line. You know, even though you certainly can yeah. argue that Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera right now are yes. in a meritocracy ready for a championship opportunity. Yes. But yeah, I just think it's interesting because I do think, at least from a betting perspective, that this is going to be the most competitive on paper, that Aljamain Sterling would be a bigger favorite against Sean O'Malley and Marlon Cheeto Vera than he would be here. So um, good for you guys taking the most difficult fight, at least seemingly on paper. Without a doubt. You know, I like the fact that Henry hasn't fought in a couple of years, too. So maybe uh, that plays into it a little bit. He's getting uh, – how old is Henry now? Mid-30s, I think. Do we know? Oh, mid-30s, yeah. He's – look, that's a tough fight. You know, I, I – you know, I'm excited. I, I, looked, I looked at Henry yesterday. I was started breaking down the tapes because I, I did have the conversation with Aljo about, you know. It's pretty short. When it's we, pretty short. Just kidding. He's 36. Sure he's got a He's got a big head, though. Does have a big melon. 36 years old. Big noggin. 
as of February 9th, so just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, right now, yes, Henry Cejudo, even money, the underdog on DraftKings Sportsbook and uh, minus 120 for Aljamain Sterling. All right, very interesting. Uh, last yes. thing, we just wanted to check in on your health because we did notice on the wide shot a little bit of a long go limp en route to the octagon wow, there with Nazim Satkup. You know, you know, it's funny. I've been limping for four years now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and we've seen sometimes the declines can be tough. But uh, oh, the, oh no, the declines are oh, no going up. There's absolutely no problem. No, the declines. If you no, hey, I make Frivola go down first. I hold his back as I'm coming. Down. I mean, I could get that. I just want to get down quick, and I don't want to, yeah. you know, break a leg as I'm going down. Now, I'm going to have to address this thing. I got a PRP shot in my hip. Uh, I expected a little more out of it. I didn't. I didn't get really what I yeah. wanted. So all right, you know, yeah. When the guy saw the X-ray, he wasn't too happy about all it. Right. Well, we hope you get that right, and uh, nice little coin flip there. We're not printing the shirts like the Longo Limp, even though we know they would sell. We're not printing those shirts. You know, only printing <laughs> oh, no, positivity. Don't. Listen, for, for, I feel big because I think people feel bad for me. I, 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 this, I swear, I 100% feel great. I really do. I feel mentally, I feel good. My, my hip is shot, but I do work out every day. Yeah, no, I know. I go, I, I get around it, but I, I, I think my kid, I think every it kills everybody looking at me, except for me, right. so... But it's starting to catch up to me a little bit now. I got to really address it. All right. Well, we're here for you. We're certainly here for you much more than those extra rounds, folks. And by the way, if those producers are listening, <laughs> we have sent Ray a new contract. We have raised his rate in 2023. And these are facts here. You know, we don't spit an opinion on the Anakin Florian podcast. Ray Longo will make more money on the Anakin Florian podcast in 2023 than he has made in any year prior. And this podcast is about to celebrate yeah. its eight-year anniversary. So we're moving in the right direction. Yes, thank you. Sorry, Kenny didn't you, show even, up today, but you had to deal with me. He, oh, well, even with Pink Eye, you kind of you you were dying. You saved that for the end. It's so funny because I, I dealt with some sad news last night, and so I came out of my office and I was I had been crying a little bit, and so my daughters are very in tune with my emotions, and so they looked at my eyes. I said, "I'm not stoned, you know. I, I'm I'm a little sad, yeah. right?" And they were very doting and hugging on me, and then I went and looked in the mirror. And I was like, man, your eyes look swollen, bro. Like, not just from crying about your friend. Like, your eyes look swollen. And I think I got fucking conjunctivitis in both of my eyes. So as soon as we're done, popping oh, these contact yeah. lenses out. And uh, we're going to get to the yeah, bottom of this. It. Need some drops. Got to be careful with the contact lenses. But uh, isn't it nice to have your kids so comfy in those times? How, how old are you now again? I am 44. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say another couple of years, man, you're going to just start crying out of nowhere. Dude, I mean, I I'm know, already I there. Watch a, I watch a movie now, I can't even, I don't even know what I'm crying about. I'm like, something, something. So I remember Sarah calling me up, he goes, what, I, did, did you start crying at a certain point? I go, oh, yeah, 100%. I just, all the time, I look at a movie, I just can't, I feel like when I'm looking at a movie and I can't help somebody. It just causes so much internal frustration. I start crying. I want to kill some. I don't know. But it's weird. I either want to kill somebody or I'm just. I just start crying. I don't know. Well, I'm crying all the time. If it helps you, if that makes you feel any better, I'm always crying at this point. You no, know, you're a supporter. Dominic Cruz would classify yeah. you as a supporter, and it's a good thing to be. But yeah. yeah, dude, it happened for me probably four or five years ago, where I just yeah. cry at the drop of a hat. Like I'm watching uh. fucking kids baking championship. Right. And they send a kid home. I'm crying. The kid advances. Oh, yeah. I'm crying. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, they compliment see- the kid's yeah. dish and she goes to the back and I'm crying and I'm trying to like hide it from my daughters. Yeah. So 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. But you don't want to see any, especially with a kid, you don't want to see a kid get hurt. Or I, I think what I'm feeling is that maybe they have to deal with that for the rest of their life. It's 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 brutal. But you're a human being. You know what I mean? What do you I felt know? like it started to happen with Joe Rogan several years ago where a lot of things would trigger his emotions on broadcast. And then the Jens Pulver thing had me in tears. Yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. think that would have jerked tears out of me a few years ago. So I do think a lot of it comes with age and procreation. I mean, if there's anything yeah. father, daughter, father, son related in a movie or TV show, fucking waterworks, you know? Oh my so. God. Yeah. And plus you don't want to see you, even your own kids as they get older or they're having a rough day at school. That's just, yeah. Would, yeah. that stuff is brutal. Yeah. It's actually brutal. Pa look, parenting is definitely by far the hardest thing anybody could ever do. There's no, I mean, if you if you're trying to do it the right way, it's it's fucking brutal. Yeah, I mean, highest of highs and lowest of lows, kind of like mixed mm -hmm. martial arts. All right, well, uh, hey, yeah. we appreciate your fitness in midweek. Obviously, we'll be back on Monday with our UFC 285 preview, and uh, I'll already be in Las Vegas. But congrats on a big win, man. You know, I don't say yeah. lightly that Nazim Sadikov has gotten a lot of pub on this podcast, and uh, you're fucking lucky he delivered candidly because you mentioned his name about a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's going to keep delivering. He's he's uh. I, I didn't realize he had that good of a chin. He 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 took some shots and he didn't even oh, yeah. waver. So yeah. really super happy for him. But I just don't want to see him take those yeah. shots at this point because he doesn't have to. He's not. That's why I say he's not that guy. Yeah. He 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 has great head movement and, and great angles. So yeah, that's where that's what we'll talk about. But listen, get those eyes fixed. Get the contacts out immediately. Thank you, buddy. And get to the doctor. Get some drops. They'll clear Thank that up you. in no I time. I will. And speaking of head movement. Get your melon on out of here. The Ray Lonko minute uh, every week. Uh, getting my hair cut today. You Are happy? you? A hundred percent. Oh, man. It's, I think, it, you know, I think you've hit that time where uh, it's a necessity. So, yeah. Have him take yeah. off a little bit more this time so you can go more time between haircuts. <laughs> high and tight. High <laughs> and tight. Good. I'm good for three weeks. I'll talk to you later. All right, get out of here. Ray Longo minute every week. Feel here. better. Thank you, buddy, on the Anik and Florian podcast. All right. We will be back with you on Monday. Don't forget, we're doing two episodes a week throughout 2023 at the very least. So next week, full preview and predictions for UFC 285, Jones versus Gone, which, of course, is coming up March 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Brian Petrie and Kemflo will be back and we will also have another episode later in the week. Both of those, at least from my end, will originate live from Las Vegas. Thanks to our guest, Nazim Sadikov, and of course, Ray Longo. Our executive producer is Cody Merrow. Don't forget, full-length episodes now on the video side of the Anakin Florian podcast are yours on the DraftKings YouTube channel. We kindly ask that you subscribe and like our videos, and they will populate like hell on your YouTube stream. So thank you all for the support, and we will talk to you on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe. See you later.